If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy A cutting it up. Just a couple of athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our first interview on the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Woo! Before we begin, I hope that everyone is trying to be as safe as possible together so that we can get through these tough times. Believe in yourself and believe that there is good in others and believe that there is good in our country. Now let's begin with the Mount Vernon legend and South Dakota linebacker, the beast of a man and a jack of all trades. While being at Mount Vernon, I got the pleasure to have him be my teammate in the sport of football and on the track. While football, his name was called a lot because he was a two-time All-Stater, all-time scorer in Mount Vernon football history with 406 points, most points in the season with 216 points. His career rushing yards were 2,505 with 52 touchdowns, and on the receiving end, he had a 1,100-yard receiving and 14 touchdowns. He was also part of the highest-scoring Iowa two-way state championship in the history of Iowa, but we did come up short and got second. Rest in peace. <laughs> also, this very talented person is a great 400 and 800 runner back then. Probably was the biggest 400-800 runner besides Nolan Tubal. <laughs> and he was also part of the school record distant medley relay at Mount Vernon High School, which I had a pleasure to be on it with him. Wow. Now his Yote years is 82 tackles last season, and he started all 11 games with one forced fumble. He was also the leading tackler for three games. Whew. Lots of accolades for our interviewee tonight. Welcome to the podcast, Jack Cochran. Thanks for having me on. I'm not sure I deserve that introduction, but I appreciate it. <laughs> you never know. You never know with Mickey, man. It's always the top. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. But no, you deserved it. You deserved it. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again for being on here. And yeah, no uh, one thing I definitely want to talk about was your family, because when I think of the Cochran family, first of all, I was coached by your sister. <laughs> I was a teammate to your other sister. I played mm-hmm. with you. And your dad was practically my coach because when I went for times and track all throughout college, I went to him, you know, and I trusted his times over our own coaches. I'm like, you know what, Mr. Cocker? Yep, you got it. You are – I like your times better. But uh, how's the fam? Good, good. Uh, everyone's just hanging out. Um, you know, it's been kind of quiet the last couple months, obviously. My, uh, my sister that coached you and her – my brother-in-law are in the Twin Cities. She coaches at McAllister. Um, Emma Ooh. just got a job at Benton Community. We'll be teaching there in the fall, and uh, dad and mom are just hanging out at home right now. Sweet. And I know, uh, Yank, you did have an opportunity to meet, uh, you know, some of his family, correct? Yeah, obviously. I mean, I met your dad. He was awesome when he was working up at Cornell, and getting to know him was really cool. Obviously, this is going to be awesome for me because I get to learn a little bit more about you. But <laughs> just talking about with your family a little bit, man, like, when you're gone at college, is that, like, the biggest thing that you're missing, obviously, from back home? And how do you help with that? Yeah, it's different, obviously. I mean, growing up, in, I mean, pretty much was a... <laughs> All right. Um, so, we're just going back to the whole family aspect and how it was cool to be able to know your dad and everything. But I know that you were going away to go to play ball and go to college, so... We were just asking if you miss the fam and how, how do you help with that? And I know you said yeah. a really good answer. And then, of course, technical difficulty. So. Yeah, no, uh, it's definitely different. You know, I grew up in a pretty, like, family-centric atmosphere. Um, so I was really close to my family growing up and whatnot. So it was definitely different being, you know, four or five hours away. But, uh, you know, we still stay in touch through FaceTime and, and whatnot. And, you know, it kind of makes the time that we spend together a little more special. So it's different, but we find a way to make it work. 
Okay. Were they able to make get, uh, make it out to visit you very often at all? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's my parents. Like, one thing I give them tons of credit for and can't thank them enough for is they've been to every single game but one since I've been in college. So yeah, Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely incredible. Definitely even come to, like, most Cornell events, too, for them to go to two different, you know, college athletes events is super awesome. But yeah, uh, even without you being there, like, it was pretty cool to see them all, uh, see them always around them. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, if you know my dad, it's not super surprising. He loves doing it. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your uh, high school. Um, what was kind of what you think is your biggest highlights in high school or the things you remember most? Uh, let's reminisce here for a minute. Yeah. Okay. Well, open up the yearbook. Uh, I would say <laughs> so my junior season, Mickey, your senior season, uh, beating Anamosa after they had beaten us the last earlier that year and then the year before. Um, those are pretty like emotional games, and I mean, it seemed like half of small town Hickville, Iowa, was at that game. So, true, <laughs> awesome crowd, and it was a pretty emotional game. So, um, and then that one sent us to the dome, and then we played the number one team in the state right after that, and a game that probably uh, most people counted us out of, and, and got a big win there. And then even going back to the game before Animosa, we played Central Lee, and. We're down, I think, 28 at halftime, and then ended up coming back and winning that one. So, definitely, I would say those ones are the top of my list. Yeah, definitely. I think you scored the most points uh, in a game in Mount Vernon history at the Central League game. But also, I remember, shout out Nick Bevins, but he's like, guys ready for basketball season at halftime. I'm like, dude, come on. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like Bevins. But, yeah, no, definitely, that was a wild one. But, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, after high school, um, how did the recruiting process go for you? Uh, we all have different stories and whatnot, but I just kind of want to hear, like, what made you, you know, become, you know, a coyote, yeah. or, you know. I would say I was pretty, like, late bloomer in the recruiting process. I mean, I had coaches contacting me and whatnot this summer going into my senior year. But you know, after my senior year, I had a pretty good year, started to take off a little bit, and I ended up. Uh, kind of narrowing it down to South Dakota where I'm at now, and I had a walk on in Iowa. So for me, it was really just deciding between those two options, and I ended up here. <laughs> yeah, just stemming off of that, man. Um, I'm obviously wasn't around in Mount Vernon before you guys crossed the country in Florida and doing the same thing right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but were you you're what you were listed? I was checking and going through your stats and everything, and checking up on you a little bit before, but. You were listed at six three two thirty. Were you about that size leaving? Like, what were you in when you were in, in high school? I was not that big. Yeah, no, I was probably six two and some change, and weighing about. I probably played my senior year at about two hundred five. So no, I was okay. not near that big. So they got you on the Eaton program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got you. What was your biggest transition playing from high school to college? Um. No, obviously there's like the cliche answers, like speed of the game that everyone oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but for me, it was confidence, I would say. I mean, because just going into like a whole new level and, you know, where, I mean, Division One football where, you know, guys. Yeah, where you got thousands and thousands of people watching. <laughs> exactly. So just being able to develop that mentality that, hey, like I'm going to be going to be a dog at this level is something that that uh, was a challenge for me. But and it took a little bit of time, but. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm there now. So I would definitely say just being confident as a young kid was, was something that was a big transition. Is that something you gained from your teammates or was that more like just you got to put it on yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, it's your teammates can and coaches can can help you. You know, I think a little bit with that, but ultimately, I think it's something that you individually have to grow just through um, you know repetitions and and making plays and whatnot. It's something I think just grows with time. All right, all right, I feel that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, based off what Zizzy just asked you, um, you know, you're six foot four, two thirty, right? Yeah, right now I'm about. And we back. Yo. All righty, Jack. We're gonna continue on with what I uh, was saying to you earlier. Um, the weight room. Uh, question. What are the keys to success in the weight room? I would say for me, it's just like actually enjoying lifting. I mean, even at like at this level. I mean, you always see kids who just don't really like lifting and it's just kind of a task to them rather than something you enjoy. Um, that's kind of been something that I've been passionate about and just something I really cared about. So that's been something I really, that's really helped me, I think, in the weight room. Um, but also, you know, I started lifting weights at a pretty young age in middle <laughs> school. So I think just like technically and whatnot, that's helped me too. <laughs> yeah, definitely that being a future physical educator. Um, I have a lot of fun in the weight room and trying to get these kids to do it, man. It's just, it's tough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it's always something, I mean, it's just hanging out with your boys, you know, moving some weight around. I mean, to me, that's always pretty fun, but you know, some kids just, I don't see it more as a chore, more as of a chore than, than something that you get to do. Sweet. Um, I definitely have a debate for you and Zizzy to talk about here, but uh, what yeah. kind of creates a good linebacker? What's the, uh, you know, the top three things a good linebacker has to have? Okay, I'll go first then, I guess. Um, I would say, obviously, physically, it's it's just the most unique position in the fact that you have to be able to, to hang with the big guys in the box, but also run with the skills and get put in some pretty tough one-on-one positions with receivers and, and backs. But, you know, more than that, what's I think really helped me is the mental aspect of the game, just, you know, taking advantage of, of tendencies from an offense and, and, you know, being able to be a step ahead of an offense is something that I think is, is invaluable as far as, you know, just being able to make plays. Yep. Uh, I'd agree. I always have said the most important thing when you talk about linebacker, I think, really just starts with the their football IQ. Um, you have yeah. to be able to understand what the offense is doing, and most linebackers are considered the leader of their defense. So you're going to be sitting there calling out coverages, calling out uh, tendencies, calling out formations. You're telling the D-line to shift in front of you, and then you're looking at the offensive line straight off the ball to understand what the play is. So there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things that happen really fast. And I doubt, like I said, and like you said before, um, there's it's just the cliche of understanding the speed of the game. But it really is a dramatic difference. Um, you get to yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could only yeah, imagine jumping even to D1. So – um, yeah. I think it's got to go intelligence. I think second, um, it depends on what linebacker, but I think being a middle linebacker, it's got to be just hand placement. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as it is. Um, and then from there, it's just, I mean, it's any, it could be anything physical from footwork to size and strength. But, I mean, obviously you have to have a combination of both. Yeah, if I was going to rank them one through three, I'd probably go – First is intelligence and scheme knowledge, like you said. Um, second, I would probably say um, feet and, like, box movement. Um, yeah. Having the feet, the ability to, okay. you know, move on driving routes and whatnot, and then just being able to manipulate in the box are top two for me, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, definitely I can, I can me. Go. Oh, you go, Zizzy. 
Yeah, just that linebacker, linebacker. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're going to go off of that, though, so I don't know if you were going to bring it up already, Mickey. So who, who's the best linebacker of all time? But give me your top three because Mickey's still throwing Brian Urlacher in there. I, I just can't talk to him. About it. I mean, see, I know like, the issue great, I have man. with that, the issue I have with that debate is like, is it like the modern linebacker or like the traditional linebacker? Yeah. You know? Yeah. If like, because I mean, it's so much different than it used to be. I mean, even when Brian Urlacher was playing, it was like just big dudes who didn't necessarily have to move that well that just had to headbutt dudes and tackle. Whereas like, I feel like today's modern linebacker is, is moving a lot more. So if I was going to rank my like top three more like modern, um, okay. I think you'd have to put. Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner are mm-hmm. the top two interchangeably, I would say. Okay. And then, shoot. Uh, I don't know. If you got a third one. Um, I wish yeah. that – Um. wow, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. But, um, I mean, I totally agree with Luke Keekley. I mean, I'm, I was upset to see that he was going to retire. I mean, yeah. but he was a personal favorite of mine watching him move around. And he did the same thing from college, and he was never loud about it. He just always went out, did his job, did everything he had to do, could cover everybody, could follow the hole. And, um, but, yeah, I think – and then Bobby Wagner. I mean, if anybody's been playing the new Madden, he's actually unstoppable. I said this line. that. <laughs> You cannot get past that, man. So, yeah, no, I understand that. It definitely depends on the argument. Um, I just know that when we were talking about it, Mickey and I, the uh, last, episode, last episode, we were just looking at the overall body of work and, I mean, just looking at things that revolutionized the game. I mean, that's why I was talking like Lawrence I'm Taylor sure. and things of that. Like, But yeah, uh, you know, I had, you know, Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher, and uh, Lawrence Taylor in there. But, you know, my expertise in the linebacker position is not very high. There you go. I can hear it. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, nothing I, wrong. I give some, some merit to both those guys. Like I, I said, I just feel like it's so much different to reach. Like, then than it is now. Oh, yeah. So... I'm going to kind of move topics here and hopefully we stay on the line here. Sorry for everyone for the technical difficulties, but uh, what is the atmosphere at South Dakota when you're on the field? Like, can you just describe that for us? Yeah, it's, I would say we have one of the best atmospheres in our conference just because we, we have a dome. It's pretty similar to you and I's, um, and we pack it every week. So, like, it's just really loud, and it's a pretty unique atmosphere, I think. It's really fun. Do they go crazy for the hair? You, I'm assuming you still have that. I cut, I cut there. No! I know, I know. Oh, so it, was it not worth it? Is it? Does it not give you superpowers? I thought that was a thing. <laughs> no, is I was just ready for something different. I mean, the superpower is like, I guess what to see. I mean, we didn't have spring balls here, so I didn't really see how it affected me. But you know, maybe we'll have to find out. <laughs> All right. I've always, it was always something that I thought I should have done as a linebacker was just let it grow out one time. Should have just let it happen. Yeah. But. I went. Two about almost three years without getting a haircut, so it was getting pretty shaggy. <laughs> All right, sunshine, exactly. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, to really hear, you know, the atmosphere is just you know electric. I know when we were playing, we didn't even fill out the stands, but like just having everyone scream in and it can't like escape except for going in the middle is super awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> oh yeah, so I mean, we're to continue on here, there, Mister Cochran. Uh, what does the future hold for you? I mean, what's kind of like, you know, the next year? How's the squad going to do? Give us your, you know, your insight. Yeah, so we have a lot of returning. Um, our quarterback graduated from last year. He was a stud, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. So uh, we'll have to replace him. But other than that, we get a lot back. Our whole offense line is back. Uh, most of our receiving core and um, our, pretty much our whole defensive starting unit other than D-line. So we have a lot returning and just kind of a matter of putting it all together this year. Uh, has there been any word at all about different circumstances with everything going on, not just obviously the George Floyd um, inequality issues, but the coronavirus is still obviously a threat and it's just kind yeah. of crazy and not being involved anymore. Obviously, I don't hear anything other than what ESPN says. So have you guys heard anything from Coaches directly. Yeah, so, I mean, just, just like talking about the COVID matter, like it's yeah. just been crazy not having spring practice or, or you know, some of our spring workouts. So that's definitely been different. And yeah. We've been doing everything through Zoom and, and virtual workouts and whatnot. So that's definitely been different. And, you know, having voluntary um, summer training as opposed to mandatory because of the lack of, of money for scholarships is, is definitely different as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, from everything I hear, everything sounds like we'll be able to start as planned. So hopefully that hopefully that happens for us. Yeah, that's too man. Gotta gotta have some. Need our sports back. Exactly. So how does virtual workouts go? Like y'all just like you know in a Zoom call doing like some kind of like you know jazzercise <laughs> no, or not, what? They're not actual like video calls. It's just we have a, a virtual program, so everyone's like connected to an app. Uh, it's called the Team Builder, and not a promo. Uh, it's a program and you fill out your you know it's got all the workouts and you fill out your weights and it's just a good way for our strength coaches to keep track of it okay that's cool yep are the players checking in on each other like making sure everybody's actually doing it or we we got any fakes we got people hiding what's going on i'm sure we'll find out when people get back Um, (laughs) that's true no most of the feedback from our coaches has been pretty good as far as people getting their stuff done but you know there's always ways to you know, you could just fill out the numbers without actually doing it. So, um, I guess it's kind of honor code in that way. So we'll we'll see when we get back. Definitely have that problem uh, at good old Cornell during the summer. You definitely see who uh, worked out and who didn't. But uh, hey, I'm sure you two were on your stuff. <laughs> well, I lived with them. You know, Mickey's gonna be up at crack of dawn. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! That sounds about right. <laughs> But yeah, Jack, uh, what are you going to school for? Um, I know I didn't say that in the beginning, but let's talk a little bit about the education side real quick. Yeah, uh, I'm a pre-law major, so I'm criminal justice with a minor in business admin. So I'm getting after that. I'm doing my LSAT this summer. So Ooh, I'm okay. Plan, I'll hope to go to law school. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, just, man, that's awesome. Yeah. So... I know the answer to Zizzy's uh, question when I asked this, but who is the hardest person you've ever had to cover, um, you know, like on a seven-on-seven or just, you know, when they're running a route? Oh, let me think. I would say um, we have a slot receiver, or he's actually a wide receiver now on our team. His name's Cody Case. He's the short little white kid with long hair who runs about a low four four forty and – Gets out in and out of breaks like no one I've ever seen. So I would say he's he's up there. Um, 
I mean, like my sophomore year, we played Kansas State. They had a slot receiver who I believe plays for the Bills now. It was pretty impressive. So I would say those two. Um, I was gonna. I want to ask Mickey Hans, but then all of a sudden he plays on the offense all the time. But <laughs> but anyway, um. Moving on, just other random questions, just to throw it out there. Um, It's important to me, man. It is important. I got to know. This tells me a lot about a person. What's your favorite candy bar, man? Favorite (laughs) candy bar? Yeah. right. This is important. I feel like like you're going to judge me a lot based on the same thing. I'm honestly going to go. No, no, I can't do that. Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Yes. Okay. 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 I can respect that. That's not a bad point. Okay. No. I just uh, wanted to make sure I didn't damage my my image. <laughs> I thought you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be like, oh, that's too. That's too simple. It's too simple. <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't going there. <laughs> right. I gotta go. I'm the I'm the original Snickers guy though. So satisfied. Really? Oh, satisfied. Pretty basic. Yeah, hey, hey, that's <laughs> right. hey, that can be basic. It's delicious, absolutely delicious. Yeah, I don't know, Mister Hot. I give it a six out of ten. Ooh, ooh, ow! All right, all right, all right. I'll I used to always have a Snickers before uh, track meets or before I'd go work out. That'd be kind of like my thing. But Hershey's cookies and cream, man, is definitely the go-to. Okay, okay. See, I, I feel like there's some like Mount Vernon. Coincidence going on. <laughs> I think I lost Deal. you guys again there. Oh, oh no! We're gonna see if he can connect to that data. But like I said, does he Hershey's cookies and cream? You cannot go wrong. Yes, we can. No, you can't go wrong. I definitely, if there was a candy that I definitely snagged when I'm walking through the aisles of Publix, I cannot believe you don't. You guys don't really know about that that much. I know you went. Didn't you go there when you went over spring break? Nope. You never have. You still haven't gone to Publix. I've, nope. Oh, oh, I've been to a Publix. Yeah, but anyway, but like going through their gas stations, man. Uh, Hershey's, Hershey's cookies and cream. If I wasn't getting the Snickers, was definitely, uh, definitely up there as a top option. All right, Jacko. I got another tough question for you. Um, you're well known right, to be a big fan. Of SpongeBob SquarePants. Woo! Yes. Now, what yeah. is Jack Cochran's favorite episode or moment in SpongeBob? That's a that's a brutal question. To pick just one. Ooh, I know. I say one of my favorites. Yeah, I would say one of my favorites is the one where they steal the balloon, not knowing that it's free balloon day, and they go and, and hide out outside of Bikini Bottom. It's a classic one, and Sponge or Patrick thinks that SpongeBob stole his chocolate bar. That's that's definitely a, an all timer for me. Who's your favorite character? My favorite character. Um. Yep. SpongeBob. It has to be. How, how could it not be? <laughs> I was I was respected Plankton though uh, for a guy who never accomplished much. He just keeps coming back. You gotta love the grit. <laughs> <laughs> he does work hard, man. He's got the grind. Yeah, he gets after it. Man, oh, we got it here first, ladies and gentlemen. On the Mickey's Izzy podcast. Jack Cochran loves Plankton's grit. 
Love it. <laughs> hey, that's a misquote. That's a misquote. I respect Plankton. Not my favorite character. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, do you have any other questions? I mean, I got uh, two more, but... Uh... Yeah, no, we'll go with you. Mine are kind of just like before we go on the way out, you know, like don't let the door kick in. But um, yeah, no, go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess uh, kind of one of my last things is uh, what has the, you know, sports maybe in general, but the game of football done for you and how has it shaped you, you know, as a very good person from the Mount Vernon community, a, you know, inspiration to little kids all around this town? Like, how does it shape you and, you know, potentially shape others? Uh, that's a good question. Um, football is, I mean, it's shaped a lot of who I am. I mean, if you think of it's cliche, but all the lessons you can learn by playing football, um, you know, teamwork, hard work, um, you know, reaping, reaping what you put in and whatnot is just, it's teaches a lot of positive life lessons. I think I'll carry on for most of my adult life. And also, um, you know, it's been a good way, like you said, um, you know, a lot of young, a lot of young kids in this country, whatnot so in that way it's kind of giving me a platform to to you know hopefully inspire younger younger kids definitely jack like i said there's just so much respect for you you know not just as a football player but as a person and i guess my last last question uh before i let zizzy kind of take the wheel on the ride home but uh what coaches have been the most influential to you i mean i can aim off you know my top five right off my head so i just want to know what yours is yeah, that's a tough question. Uh, there's been a lot of them, you know, going from, uh, you know, all the way from middle school through college. Um, you know, I go back to high school and, you know, some of them aren't even football coaches. I think one of the most influential coaches in my life was, was Coach Truitt, uh, my, one of my high school wrestling coaches' assistant, who really just just cared about me and, and, you know, really pushed me to be my best, but in a way that was truly, you know, caring and loving and wanting to see me succeed. Uh, was something that I really admired. Um, you know, from a football perspective, um, I would say, you know, our two primary high school coaches, Lance Peterson and, and Matt Hattie, were both guys that, you know, really gave me a foundation for knowledge in football. And then um, since I've been in college, my two linebacker coaches that I've had, Coach Bradley and Coach Orch, have, you know, really been not only great coaches, but just great friends to have in my life. Yeah, awesome. It was a little bit uh, scattery on my side, but definitely got all the good things that you were saying. But uh, like you said, definitely uh, Lance and Matt Hattie, um, they even helped me, you know, through my times at Mount Vernon. And uh, Aaron Truitt is definitely that guy, um, especially me and him being the same profession now. Uh, He is just, you know, such an awesome person, you know, just besides, you know, not coaching you. So totally agree. Yep. Yeah, awesome, man. And I'm just, I'll go ahead and stem off of that. So it's so awesome to see that you want to obviously be a positive influence for everybody that comes after you. And I know that you're heading into your senior year. So I'm sure that as you have new people joining the team and you want to be able to be a lasting uh, pillar for just the team moving forward and then people off the field as well. So that's awesome to see. Um, just quick, just rant, like going back with the sports topics still on that. Are you worried just with passing yeah. of the new rules and college athletes like getting paid, man? Do you think that that'll affect people's mentality approaching the game and just about 
being good natured and goodwill. Like I, 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 I would like to think that it's not going to happen, but I mean, some people are skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question. I think it's, it's hard to, to have foresight on that topic, but fortunately, I guess I don't think I'll, I don't think most of the impact will happen this year. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just with the ability to profit off of, you know, like yeah. being able to advertise, advertise for, for businesses and whatnot is, is helpful, I think, in the short term. But, I mean, it could have crazy impacts just on the on the structure and, and like, corporate nature of college football. So, I honestly have no idea it could, anything could happen. Okay. All right. Just, it was just food for thought. But um, it's so great to see you doing good, man. I hope the best for you moving forward. Um, you, uh, people like you and Tristan Wurst and other, like going out and being able to put Mount Vernon on the map, not just with football, but the things you guys have been able to accomplish and do, um, just in your everyday life. So I, I, congratulations, man. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, I wish you the best moving forward, man. Yep. Thanks guys. Appreciate having me on. Yes. Thank you, Jack. And if you have any time, people who are listening, please go follow Jack Cochran on any social media that you can. Um, also go follow his Captain Jack account on Twitter. He doesn't control it, but it's super funny. I'll make sure I drop it down uh, in the bio of this podcast. Like I said, Jack, thank you so much. We had some technical difficulties, but, you know, we found a way to get it and to hear some wise words from you, man. Uh, just I can thank you so much, and, you know, hopefully we'll be uh, seeing each other soon. Yep, yeah. thanks, guys. Have a good night. Awesome. Thank Have you. a good one, Jack O. All right, Mr. Zizzy, would you like to sign us off uh, this kind of technical, difficult uh, podcast today? But, you know, we're rolling with the punches. Yeah, technical difficulties, you know, not always everything is going to go as planned, but got to be able to overcome, persevere. It went well. It's the first interview, first feature on your Mickey Zixi podcast on episode six. And if you're talking sports, it's a matchup. Mickey Hibbert says, yeah, we're cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. It's the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Peace.